It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Keith. Here's your host, Matt Derry. It has certainly been an interesting week and a half of basketball around the NBA and, of course, with the Pistons. Welcome, everybody, to Wired, the Pistons podcast, brought to you by Jeep. As the Pistons are heading to Chicago for a Friday night game at the United Center against the Bulls to start the month of November. Kind of crazy to think that the Pistons have played five games already and we're not even at November 1st. But happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome into Wired Matt Derry with you on this Thursday. Coming up on the podcast today, the great, the legendary, the best Pistons of all time, Isaiah Thomas will join me. We'll talk champagne, we'll talk Pistons. And we'll talk NBA basketball with Zeke, who's number 11, of course, hangs from the rafters of Little Caesars Arena. We'll get in touch with Isaiah coming up in a few minutes. Pistons again at 2-3 and three through the first week of the season. Opened up last Wednesday with a huge win at Indiana against the new-look Pacers with all the changes that they've made. Came home, had some problems with the Hawks on opening night. A back-to-back, and the schedule maker really did not help the Pistons much. And I know people are going to say, how can you complain about the schedule in the first week of the season? Oh, I can. The Hawks are sitting at the Townsend, chilling, and the Pistons are playing opening night on a Wednesday, having to play then their home opener on a Thursday on, on a back-to-back, when, of course, they're not really prepared to do that. They just went through the regular uh, the, the preseason before the regular season even started. And that was kind of a scheduling loss early as the Hawks dropped a 117-burger on them. Uh, But then Philly came in, the loss there. Another win over Indiana, uh, this time at home Monday night, kind of a hard-fought game. Derrick Rose with a big layup late. That's kind of where I want to start the show today. And then the loss last night at Toronto. And again, it's come down to the fact that the Pistons' problem in the early season so far, besides injuries and losing guys like Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson, among others, but it's the turnovers. Turnovers have been a major problem for the Pistons and, you know, last night you saw the Raptors, you know, Siakam goes for a big night and has 30 and, and the Pistons give up 125 points. But a lot of that was due to the fact that the Pistons just were not taking very good care of the basketball. And when you go up to play the defending champion uh, Toronto Raptors and you turn the ball over 20 times, uh, you're not going to win a lot of, a lot, win a lot of games. Now, the Raptors took great care of the basketball. With, with just 14 turnovers. And it was nice to see the Raptors and, and, and the folks in Toronto honor Dwayne Casey once again. He's been gone almost two years now, and they're still honoring him. But uh, Detroit's got to bounce back, and uh, no better time than Friday night in Derrick Rose's return to Chicago. And, of course, he's been back um, since he left the Bulls. But uh, this will be sort of a, an extra special time for him because he, he's resurrected his career. It's a year removed from the 50-point game that he had with Minnesota, and he's playing very, very well. And that's kind of where I want to start. And we'll get to Isaiah in a second. I was so dumbfounded and so happy, and and I thought surprised. Uh, At the home opener last Thursday night, I I went with some friends and some coworkers of mine, uh, great season ticket holder Ken Grace uh, allowed me to sit with him, and we, we had a great time with the folks at Financial Architects and um, my new home, by the way. And, and, and you know, they, the introductions and the, they do the cool videos and all this stuff. And, and Diane and, and Cammie and the crew do a great job with all the, the in-game production. But Derek Rose gets introduced and his ovation was as loud as Andre Drummond's. His ovation was as loud as anybody's. 
And then D. Rose starts cooking a little bit and going to the basket and hitting the, the, the patented Derrick Rose 18-footer that we saw back in 2011 when he was the MVP of the league. Then he gets fouled and goes to the free throw line. And the fans start chanting MVP. This is the opening game. This is the first of 41 home games. This is October 24th. And y'all are chanting MVP? I loved it. This, I'm not saying that the Pistons fans that haven't embraced Blake Griffin, because they have. And I'm not saying Andre Drummond isn't a popular player. But this sports town right now, with the way the teams have, have performed as of late, and the Pistons being the only playoff team right now, um, at least currently, but to get MVP chance, to hear the crowd go crazy for every basket that Derrick Rose is scoring, just goes to show that you know we're starving for some stardom, and I also think it goes to show that this fan base, the Pistons fan base, recognizes good talent and knows when they've got something here. Here's a guy in Derrick Rose at 31 years of age that has been through hell and back with injuries and everything else, and, you know, it was like cut by the Cavs. I mean, you know, dealt away, made the rounds, played with the Knicks, some bad Knicks teams. And here he is in Detroit where he seemingly found a home, and he's playing lights out. 20 points per game, six assists a contest, 21st best in the league. His player efficiency rating, or PER, is over 26, which is good for 19th in the NBA. Think about that. And the crowd has embraced him, and, and, and they love what they're seeing. And I think it's awesome. I think it's it, it's refreshing, and it's fun. And until Blake Griffin comes back, this has kind of become <laughs> Derrick Rose's show. And last night, I know the team lost by 12, 125, 113 to the Raptors. And Derrick Rose's hamstring was a little bit sore and uh, left the game and didn't return. But he'll be out there. You know he's going to be out there at the United Center that – you know, he, he starred in and starred at for so many years. And he even said if the game was, you know, in, in you know not out of hand, which it was, he would have come back in the game. It was an off night for Derrick Rose, yet he still had 16 points and 10 assists. And I know he's not starting right now, and Dwayne Casey wants to keep his minutes limited as much as possible. But this has been a lot of fun, despite the 2-3 and three record, in watching Derrick Rose perform the way he has. All right, always an honor here on Wired, the Pistons podcast, to talk to, I say, the best Piston, the greatest Piston of all time, the great Isaiah Thomas that joins me, was in town earlier this week. Zeke, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? Doing well. Uh, always fun to come back. I know you were here uh, Monday night for the game and, and, and talking a little champagne, which we'll get into, but I know you always enjoy coming back to Detroit, right? I, I love coming back to Detroit. I, every time I come back... Um you know, the, the outpouring of love that that is extended to me is always overwhelming. I feel like I'm everybody's brother or everybody's uh, son. It's um, it's a it's a pretty remarkable feeling. And I'm I'm uh, deeply humbled by the, the love that that is shown to me. So thank you and thank everyone else. You know, it's funny. I saw you on, on, on the TV end the other night sitting uh, down with George and, and Greg Kelser. You and Blaha, could, you, you guys could go all day. We, don't even, we didn't even need the game, just the two of you t- telling <laughs> stories. Uh, how much fun is that? 
Oh, it's great sitting with George. I mean, he's, you know, he's definitely a Hall of Famer and uh, he, he definitely should be in the Hall of Fame uh, for the career that he's had. And, you know, the, the memories that he's brought to all of us, he's been the, the basketball voice for, you know, since I can remember uh, with the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, he's he's been in everybody's household, uh, radio, TV. So he's, he's pretty special and uh, he can... He can tell stories all night long and you can listen to him and, you know, just sitting there having the opportunity to uh, call a game with he and Greg and uh, just reminisce. And, you know, it's 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 wonderful and it's easy. He makes it very easy. What are your impressions of the uh, the current team? And, and obviously it's very early and, and certainly with Blake Griffin out, there's going to be some some stumbles along the way. But what do you think of this 1920 edition? I, I truly do like what I'm what I'm seeing and and what's developing. Uh, you have to give Arn and um, you know Ed a lot of uh, credit for you know stabilizing and rebuilding trust uh, back not only uh, in the community but also with the players. Uh, Casey coming in as a coach, you got a you know a former coach of the year. Uh, so the you know the front office and and the, the drafting and and what they've done in terms of acquiring players uh, has really, I think, put the Pistons in a, a really good position uh, foundation-wise. This year, with, with Blake uh, being injured at the start, he and Reggie being injured at the start, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to see them uh, play in training camp, and I thought they had a really good camp. Uh, and it's unfortunate that they came out and got injured so early, but, you know, it's given us a chance to see the second unit, and I think everybody's really excited about what the second unit has been able to do, the way they've been able to maintain and uh, win some games, uh, stay in some games, and, you know, when you get your firepower back, you'll just be that much better. So uh, I'm pretty optimistic about what I've seen thus far and what's coming down the road for the Pistons. Isaiah Thomas with me here on Wired this week. You mentioned the second unit. How much, Isaiah, has the game had to change and evolve around that three-point line? And and really, the second unit, I think with every team, almost has to have three or four guys that can that can shoot it. How, how different is that than maybe when you were playing? Well, it's um, the, the difference is it's become the, the only thing that they rely on. <laughs> you know, um, you know, not necessarily, you know, the Pistons, but I think across the league, um, the three-point shot uh, has become the the most, the I guess, the, the biggest weapon that a team tries to exploit. Uh, but in doing that, sometimes you end up taking bad shots. And uh, when we talk about the Pistons' second unit, the, the best player on the second unit right now has been Derrick Rose and he's been very selective in his three-point shooting and he uses all five areas of the scoring position he uses the layups he uses mid-range he uses a three he uses the foul line so I uh, I like what I see in him and uh, the effectiveness that he's had uh, in that second unit in terms of being able to make and take every shot uh, to me, that's the key to success. You almost laugh a little bit or smile when he pulls up for an 18-foot shot or, or, or drives in and puts a layup in. You go, man, that's that's that used to be what basketball was. Well, it's it's not that. Um, how can I say that? It's it, it not. It's not that it used to be um, what it was. It it's you know you you use everything that the defense gives you. 
or you take what the defense gives you. Um, and right now, I think sometimes uh, teams come in with a set number amount of shots that they want to take from the three-point line, but yet the defense may be giving them something else. I think the thing that makes Rose so effective is that he really takes what the defense gives, and the defense gives the mid-range and the layups. And consequently, he's ended up with 22 to 25 points a night. And guess what? Those points count, too. Isaiah Thomas with me. When you came in for training camp down in East Lansing or when you're in town like you were earlier this week, I know you don't want to get in the way, but but you also want to be, if you have a conversation with Derek Rose, you want to you want to give him a little advice and stuff like that. How how great is this organization with Dwayne Casey there that I'm sure you're allowed that type of, uh, that type of capabilities? Because I know there are some coaches out there that tell some of the other former players, stay away. Well, that's been the, the great thing about, about Coach Casey. And as I said, he's a former coach of the year. And, you know, when when, the, when we got him, I I said to Arn and I, and I said to Tom Gores, we are so lucky to be able to get not only a, a coach of, of his stature, but, you know, a man of his character. Um, he's very, you know, self-confident. Um, and, you know, he embraces knowledge. And uh, basketball is a game that you never master. You you never have all the answers. And the fact that, uh, you know, he would reach out and allow me to come in and try to share some of my experiences with the team, uh, also with the coaching staff, uh, you know, it was great for me. And uh, I think it was great for all of us. Um, you know, they say knowledge and information is power. And um, the more you know, uh, the better off you are. What do you tell them? What are some of the... Uh the Zeke secrets? Well, you, you just talk about uh, uh, the thing that we talked about most is what's happening in the game today, and that's pick and roll. Uh, there's pick and roll offense, and there's pick and roll defense. Just uh, different coverages, uh, how you play it, how you look at it, uh, what the mindset of uh, the, the dribbler is, what the mindset of the defender is, and how do you exploit those mindsets. Um, those are the things that we were talking about. Uh, very new, very nuanced, uh, very detailed. Um, but um, you know, I I hope I helped. Uh, they say experience is the best teacher, and uh, the truest form of uh, education is uh, participation in observation. And I tried to give him uh, and the team uh, some of the things that I did when I participated in the sport, and now getting the chance to observe it. Where are you on Andre Drummond? Certainly a guy that might not fit what the new NBA is in terms of bigs that are stepping out, uh, you know, like a Miles Turner the other night and shooting threes and, and things like that. But, you know, he may opt out uh, and become a free agent after this year, and he would be eligible at least if he stayed in Detroit. And we know about his relationship with Tom Gorris for the Super Max. You, you know, put your GM hat on, Isaiah. You ran teams. Uh, what would you do? Well, I think it would be... You know, I, I I I think it would be what's the word I'm looking for? It wouldn't be appropriate for me to answer that question the way you framed it, um, because you do have a GM there, and I do respect their front office, and I do respect sure uh, what what they're thinking. Uh, me myself, I I like him as a player. Uh, the numbers that he's putting up on a nightly basis uh, are staggering, uh, and they've been staggering, and I don't know. You know, we keep talking about this new NBA, but it seems like the teams that have won championships have always, you know, are still 
you know, pretty traditional teams. Um, although they shoot the three, you know, you look at Toronto last year, they shot the three, uh, but they had, you know, mid-range, they had centers, they had, you know, people that rebounded the basketball. Uh, so you got to have all as- aspects of the game covered. And with Drummond at the center position, um, you know, you, you talked about Turner stepping out, shooting a three, but I think um, the Pistons won. And I think <laughs> Drummond had like, you know, 20 rebounds or something. So uh, he's been very effective. Tell me about, uh, you know, we, I saw last night, James Harden and the Rockets put up 159 points and only won by one. <laughs> The, the defense today, and I, I hate to, you know, throw the whole, uh, you, know, you and I, a couple of guys from the 80s here, but, you know, are our teams uh, stressing enough on defense? Why are we seeing games in the 150s, 160s all of a sudden here a week, week and a half into the season? I think there's uh, there there has become an acceptance of not only from the players, but also from the fans of, uh, not appreciating defense, but only expecting and wanting offense. So from a, from a pride standpoint, uh, it doesn't appear that, you know, players are prideful about defense anymore and they're okay with somebody scoring 30 points on them or 40 points on them, as you just said, 50 points on them. Um, and there, and there, and there doesn't seem to be any fan backlash uh when the defense is so poor uh it's all about the offense now and and you know i still go back and every time i look you know whatever sport you play defense wins championships and you have to be good on both sides of the ball you have to be good defensively and you have to be good offensively but if you're just good offensively and there's no uh, recourse for you being bad on defense, which it doesn't appear to be for a lot of teams and a lot of players nowadays. Uh, there's no price to pay for being a bad defender. What would you guys have done to uh, James Harden last night? Well, we would have tried to defend him a little better. <laughs> man, oh man, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I saw you on NBA TV last year. But you know what? You know. We would have tried to defend him a little better, but we may have not stopped him. You know, some guys are unstoppable. There were, you know, there were nights that Jordan gave us, you know, 50 points or 60 points or, or, uh, Bird, uh, Mikhail, they, you know, they had some big numbers against us also. So there, there's some nights where you can't stop that player. And, you know, that, that's what makes the game great. And that's what makes them so great that there are some guys that some nights they're just unstoppable. I was watching you on NBA TV last year when you guys were talking about James Harden and it just, just popped into my head just about the traveling rules and the kind of the, the steps that he takes to kind of release the ball on, on, on a step back. Um, what are your thoughts on that and just how the game, I guess, is officiated and, and what's allowed now um, that, you, like you said earlier, might help the, uh, the offensive player? Well, I, I, I love the fact that, you know, James Harden understands the rules and you know, he is one that has probably read the rule book and understands uh, the traveling rule better than, than most. Uh, and what he did from an imagination standpoint is that uh, the the two-step gather uh, that you were allowed going to the basket, going forward, he changed it and went backwards with it. 
and it's it's not you know it's not traveling now he he traveled a couple of times but you know he started going backwards and sideways with it where traditionally um you know you always use that move going forward to the basket and he started using it going sideways and backwards which consequently you know threw everyone off guard because i i can't recall a time where i've seen a player uh go sideways or backwards on the gather using the two steps the way he has and mastered it and it was something unique and that's where the the creativity and the art form comes in uh that you admire about you know the great players and what they're able to do and the way they're able to think no no question about it when you look at where the pistons are in the east compared to some other teams and i know it's very early and we saw last night toronto obviously the pistons without blake griffin and you never want to make any excuses, but Toronto is a really good team. Obviously, the defending champs. But where do you view kind of Detroit in the entire kind of stratosphere of the Eastern Conference? Well, they're going to be right there. Uh, you know, they're they're definitely going to be a, a playoff team. Uh, you know, if everybody stays healthy, uh, the East is a, a lot better than people think. Um, and Toronto, you know, as you said, they they were champs, and they they know how to win, they know how to play, and they. They have a head start on the rest of the teams in the East because collectively they're still together uh, with the exception of, of just one player. So they have their system down. They have the defensive schemes down and, and everything else. Um, but I, I like what I see in the Pistons. I, I, I truly do. And when they're healthy, uh, they're just as dangerous as any team playing in the East. How does it work with your company, Isaiah Imports, and, and the Churlin Champagne? How would you... Uh, kind of come together with with the Pistons on this. It's a very very cool venture, I think. Well, we are we are partners um, uh, with the with the 450 NBA players, um, and and our goal is to uh, partner up with with each team. And what I wanted to do was uh, always make the Pistons first. Uh, that's just uh, the way it should always be. And having a conversation with with Arn and, and Tom Gores and, and, and Charlie uh, and Griggs, they were, they were all for it. And we, we actually uh, talked about it, uh, you know, for a couple of months trying to figure out how we can uh, best uh, do it. When was the best time to, to announce it and bring it on board. And the thing that uh, they wanted to make sure from myself and I wanted to make sure for Detroit uh, and also Michigan is that I am known for for giving my best and having the best and they wanted to make sure that this was the best champagne that was being served in the state of Michigan and also in Detroit and I assure you that anyone who has tried the champagne um, all the Psalms uh, it's, it's a highly rated champagne 90 plus rated portfolio of champagnes zero sugar in two of our SKUs or in two of our uh, sale points in uh, only five grams of sugar in one of our bottles. Uh, and that's one gram per glass. Uh, it's the lowest uh, sugar uh, content on the market, lowest sulfite content on the market. So therefore, when most people complain of getting a headache from drinking champagne, uh, you do not you know, get a headache from drinking all champagne. It's um, one. It's the best champagne that I've ever tasted, and it's the best champagne that I've ever had. And I wanted to 
share it with everyone. And consequently, um, the Pistons and I came to an agreement, and I'm very happy about that. Listen to you, sulfite and sugar content. Do you ever think you'd uh, be <laughs> talking in interviews about that, Zeke? No, I did not. <laughs> But that that just shows how you know you you learn and you grow and you 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 never know what life uh, has in store for you. But I I never thought that I would be having this conversation <laughs> about you know we only use three grapes. We use the Pinot Noir grape, the Pinot Blanc grape, and the Chardonnay grape. We do not use the Pinot Monet grape, uh, which most champagnes that you're drinking in the United States uh, they ha- they use the Pinot Monet grape. Uh, we do not use that grape. Um, we're fortunate enough to sit in the Ob region of Champagne, which is the oldest region of Champagne, and we grow the Pinot Blanc grape. And only 0.5 percent of the Champagne region grows that grape. So we're fortunate enough to be able to use it and have it, and and we can produce a million bottles annually. And um, we're off, we're off to a very good start. And folks that are listening, how do they uh, how do they purchase some of this stuff? Well, you can go to uh, our website and look at uh, any of the stores that are close to you. Um, there are a couple of, um, you know, sponsors. I can't name names uh, because of uh, contractual rights. But uh, if you if you stop by any of your local stores right now in the state of Michigan, uh, you will be able to, to buy it. Isaiah, appreciate the time. Really uh, enjoy the conversation as always, and uh, it's been an honor. Thank you, and I look forward to speaking to you again. There he is, the greatest Piston of all time, two-time NBA champion, Isaiah Lord Thomas III, dialing in with us to talk a little bit about the Pistons and certainly Churlin Champagne, C-H-E-U-R-L-I-N. Check them out, and uh, for those of you that are 21 years of, of age and older, uh, it's good stuff. So it's cool that Zeke's back and it has a hand in something with the Pistons. And certainly, like he said, uh, you're talking about a uh, great player, dynamic personality, and beloved when he comes back here. All right? You, you, could, be, you could read uh, all the stuff online about Isaiah's trials and tribulations in New York and how Knicks fans feel and everything else. And look, you know, I, I, Isaiah was... Um, deified here in Detroit. And why not? And anytime he comes back, the ovations that he gets and uh, the embrace that he receives from the fans is is pretty sweet. You know, when most of us grew up watching this this basketball team and what the bad boys became, it started and ended with, with Zeke, with number 11, Isaiah Thomas. The ball was in his hands, and he's a, he's, he's a top 50 player of all time. There's no question about it. I don't care what list you look at or anything else. And uh, very, very cool that he was able to join us here on Wired, the Pistons podcast. Brought to you by Jeep, as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Pistons will play the Chicago Bulls coming up on Friday evening at 8 p.m. As uh, you know, the Pistons are going to try to get back on track here. And, and again, the biggest thing is until Blake Griffin comes back, and who knows, there could be a chance that he could return soon. Maybe even on Friday night, was doing some working out at the United Center on Thursday but it's kind of this knee hamstring situation with Blake. And I think the Pistons are being very, very careful with how they're going to, you know, utilize him going forward. There's going to be some days of rest. There's going to be some load management right now. The biggest thing is they want him to get healthy and uh, possibly even return Saturday night when the Pistons host the Brooklyn Nets, but it's the bulls uh, in Chicago, eight o'clock on Friday. 
Brooklyn Nets for a back-to-back on Saturday night at 7. Nets fresh off a loss on Wednesday night uh, to the Pacers at home, and then at Washington Monday, and then home again for the Knicks on Wednesday. We will talk to you again next week.